Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Let's Talk Sports with Tim McCain, and today is HBCU Tuesdays. Um, before we get into HBCUs, I want to get into some breaking news. Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks just got a huge contract, $140 million over four years. Incredible money. 107 guaranteed with a $65 million signing bonus. Okay. Um, Russell Wilson got paid and deservedly. So he got paid. He's now richer than any other quarterback in the NFL. He's richer than Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers just broke a record, uh, the year before with, uh, how much money Green Bay had given these guys, um, given them. The only problem with this is that when you give your quarterback so much money, how are you going to pay your other guys? How are you going to pay your key defenders? You know, as much as a quarterback is important and necessary for a team, and they are, they may be the most important thing on the field. They might be. They might be. but Because you, you, cause you need a quarterback to hand the ball off to a running back, to throw it off to a wide receiver or a tight end to make the plays. They're, they're obviously the general. But a general can't win a war by himself. A general needs soldiers. So you give all your money to a quarterback, but then how much money do you have left to pay your offensive line that needs still development? How much do you pay uh, Bobby Wagner? How much do you pay Frank Smith? How much do you pay certain guys to keep? Now, I know that there were, talk, there were talks about trading Frank Clark, but... And this, and it might have something to do with the fact that they were going to pay Russell Wilson so much money. But when I look at it, I say that it's a bad move. I would, I don't know if I would have given him a hundred million. Um, Russell Wilson, he's an incredible quarterback. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks um, coming out of college. I mean, I, I grew up a state fan, so I, I really loved that how he broke almost every record at states while he was at state. I think he had like seventy three touchdowns and. He had he was incredible, you know, and he was incredible at Wisconsin that one year. And of course, we've seen what kind of player he has been in Seattle. He's definitely went from a so-called game changer to a superstar. I always knew that he was going to be a star. It was just whether or not they were going to let him get off the training wheels. But I still think this is a bad move. This is a bad move because at the end of the day, you can't build your team around just the quarterback. You need everyone on the field. 53 guys. And if you can't pay, if you can't pay the best 53 guys to be on the field, you're going to lose. In Seattle, unfortunately, as much as I like Russell Wilson, as much as I like Pete Carroll, they're going to struggle. The past six, the highest paid six quarterbacks. The highest paid quarterbacks did not make the playoffs last year. The highest. One of the highest was Matthew Stafford. People in Detroit are still upset that he's got, I think he's got like $92 million. I mean, come on. And look, Matthew Stafford is, a, is really good. Great, great player. He's going to be a, a probably Pro Bowl two, three more times throughout his career. He's always been a solid guy, but I just feel like, you're waste. I feel like what happens is you waste 
years on your team because you just are focused on the face when you have to when there's more than just a face on a body. So I just think that that's something that people have to look at. And so, you know, shout out to Russell Wilson for making you know the big deal because hey, look, if a player a player should be able to get as much as he can, but I think specifically a quarterback can ask for less because quarterbacks are the face. They can get endorsement deals. They can get music deals. They can get movie deals. And when I say music, they could like be in a music video somewhere. They could do uh, promotions and stuff like that. So they can make money doing other things except football, okay? Whereas other guys who are running back positions or defensive ends or offensive linemen, it's very rare that they'll be able to get the same deals in the same spotlight that a quarterback will get. So, yes, I know it sounds crazy. Pay the quarterback uh, a certain amount of money, whereas you build the other team around them. But I truly believe that's what success is. Tom Brady, even though he did have a big contract, he did have one big contract. Okay, He won with guys who, who basically Bill Belichick just picked up, just picked up and grabbed. So, but that's my topic on that. I want to talk about a few HBC uh, events. Uh, Kiki Barnes was named the interim commissioner of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Uh, and so this is what uh, some of her contemporaries said, wanted to say about her. I would like to extend my sincerest appreciations to Dr. Barnes for her willingness to serve in this critical capacity through this transition period as we work to identify a permanent replacement. Now, when it comes to Ms. Barnes, she is the only female athletics director for the intercollegiate sports in Louisiana. She also directed the organizational growth as the first elected female and first African-American president of the GCAC of the NIA. She's been recognized by the GCAC, New Orleans Pelicans, the Girl Scouts of Louisiana, and several other media outlets. I believe that she could potentially, depending on how good she does, I hope that she can become a full-time commissioner of the Gulf Coast and do some serious things. I, I wish the best for Kiki Barnes. The next topic I want to talk about is I want to talk about quarterback. I want to touch not just quarterbacks, but I want to talk about positions in, in, the, uh, in the NFL when it comes to HBCUs. Now, granted, I made a video talking about how HBCUs, they get looks from NFL teams, and they do, but... Obviously, now that, you know, um, we have a bunch of players who are going to just uh, predominantly white schools, and that's fine because you get more TV exposure, uh, you, you get more uh, accolades or whatever, more recognition from being from the Division One schools. But I want just to make the point that there are, there is talent in the HBCU corner. Uh, Doug Williams he actually was recorded on the Undefeated saying how there's always guys who can play out, at least one to five of them, at least get some of them, one to five players from HBCUs that could play football. We see um, North Carolina A&T Tariq Cohen, uh, another offensive, uh, he's a running back for the Chicago Bears. Then we have Brandon Williams, who was an offensive tackle for uh, the Oakland Raiders. And so we see the success of HBCUs, but in 1994, there were 86 HBCU uh, players. Now, I think in 2016, there were 36. So there was a drop. There's been a drop off as much as as we like to say that NFL, they target HBCUs. They do to an extent. 
but I truly believe that there is talent in the HBCU and there could be a potential wave of players getting into HBCUs. And the, the question will be, will they get the media exposure? What do people need to do to get the exposure to where people can see HBCU, HBCU sports and see it in a way where people are like, oh, well, I can, people will still recognize me or I will still get drafted if I were to play for an HBCU. Because back in the day, you could not, you know, back in the day, because of the segregation, African-Americans couldn't play in certain uh, Division One teams. And now they can. So, you know, now we're seeing less and less guys who are interested in going to HBCUs. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a good example of a, of a quarterback who actually is in the CFL, but he was a 12th ranked quarterback of 2013. And his name is Devontae Kincaid. Uh, so he actually um, enrolled to play for Ole Miss football. He decided to transfer after one year after he um, only th- threw for 20 times, 16 for 20 from the, from the field for 187 yards. And uh, he also had a touchdown for, not, for 95 yards. But my, my thing is, he transferred after uh, the first year, and he became a superstar. He became a superstar in college. And not everybody's going to be a pro. But I'll tell you what, in his closing remarks, he talked about how, you know, if you're a third string, if you're a walk-on, you know, HPCUs will treat you like a starter, okay? And he won HBCU championships. Uh, he won Conference Player of the Year twice. So there is, uh, you can definitely have success. And he also had a 22-2 record and a 16-0 mark in the conference play. So I just want to say that you can have success in HBCUs. Um, and he definitely did get look in the CFL. I'm not saying he was good enough to be in the NFL. I don't know. But I'm not sure that he really got a look. That's the one thing. I wanted to see if De- De- uh, Devin Kincaid could, could have gotten a look to play in the NFL. Now, he did get kicked off the CFL team. And he's, uh, you know, months prior to, to this uh, podcast. But he has gotten signed back. So who knows what could have been possible if an NFL team could have looked at him and developed him to be a quarterback, to be a really good quarterback. Maybe he would, have be, maybe he would be in the league. So that's what I have to say about that. There definitely is talent. So I guess that's my, that's my podcast of today. Uh, I just uh, hope that Kiki Barnes, she does well as the interim. And I also, I say NFL should do a better job of going after HBCU talent because there is HBCU talent. A la, we have here Cohen, Tariq Cohen, and Brandon Williams for Oakland Raiders, just to name a couple. This is Let's Talk Sports with Tim McCain. Y'all have a good one.